The war to legitimize MMA was a pretty long and hard fought one, and it wasn't exactly helped by some of the crazier characters that existed inside of it. But let's face it, all sports probably have their fair share of Jordan Belfords, but for whatever reason, it does seem like in MMA, you could point to a number of athletes that can't help but walk into trouble like it's oncoming traffic. Trash talk might go a bit too far, a lot of effort might be spent trying to recapture that insane high of winning in the cage, which may or may not result in DUIs and evacuation from nightclubs, or perhaps, honestly, we might have to admit that in some way, CTE is a real and present danger that can lead to some really questionable life choices. I'm Balian from MMA On Point, and boom, Crypto.com is back. That's right, the world's fastest growing crypto app is now an official partner of MMA On Point. Always wanted to start your journey into crypto or join us using the link crypto.com slash app slash MMA On Point for a $25 CRO deposit upon sign-up and after reserving a Metal Visa card, start trading and withdraw. More on that later, but for now, here are 10 fighters who can't seem to avoid controversy. Number 10, Josh Barnett. The War Master has always been a great fighter to watch. He's got this kind of awesome blend of catches, catch can wrestling and jujitsu, and he fought and beat some of the best fighters in the world. Yeah, the only problem is, well, as early in his career as 2001, he had been testing positive for, let's just say, various banned substances. His first came after he beat Bobby Hoffman at UFC 34, but back then the punishment was basically nothing. In fact, that's all he got, just a warning and a slap on the wrist and a UFC title shot straight afterwards. But that's okay because he learned his lesson and he's not gonna test positive again, is he? Oh wait, no, he he did right afterwards in the title shot against Randy Couture after he won the belt and he had to be stripped as a result. He fought in Japan but didn't go to the UFC after Pride ended. Instead, he eventually went to fight Fedor in Affliction again in another steroid scandal though and for the third time he tested positive for anabolic steroids and yeah, most of you know the story by now, Affliction cancelled that event and eventually themselves in the aftermath. Then he had to apply for a new license to even compete in California which was postponed several times. It was all just a bit of a mess. He eventually joined the UFC where USADA flagged him in 2016 for a violation, which everyone took as typical Barnett at this point, but in reality it actually took two years for Yasada to realize it had come from a tainted supplement and he was free to fight. Yeah, Josh asked for his release after this one as he pretty much didn't trust Yasada. Either way, it looked like he couldn't escape controversy for almost his entire career. Number 9. Dylan Dennis Habib Nurmagomedov for the majority of his career has been a pretty rational and calm guy, but apparently Dylan Dennis is just too much for even him to handle to the point he literally soared like an eagle out of the cage to attack him. Now, technically, Dylan is an MMA fighter. He's had two fights in Bellator and has yet to lose, but any accolades he has are all from the world of grappling. That certainly hasn't stopped him from basically getting involved in any MMA drama he can over the past few years. The first time most of us heard his name was part of Conor's training camp ahead of the Nate Diaz rematch. He used to be a member of the prestigious Marcelo Garcia team, but was kicked off after Marcelo was basically done dealing with the fallout of Dylan's growing social media antics. He was basically shit-talking and calling out MMA fighters, and Marcelo expected better from his black belts. After brawling with Habib in New York, Dennis was only fined $5,700, but you know, he did get memed to hell by the MMA community, which is quite frankly priceless. But you know, before the fight, he basically lined himself up as a better version of Habib in his own words, so people felt it was warranted. Then he continued to call out fighters while taking no fights himself, had toilet paper thrown at him by Jake Paul was slapped by Ali Abdelaziz, got 10-7 by Ariel Hawani. You asked me right now the names of the two guys that you fought, I have no idea. If they walked into my house and asked me to fix my garage, I'd be like, yeah, sure. And also more recently, was arrested at a nightclub in New Jersey, where once again, it seemed his antics got the best of him after trying to use a Google search to prove who he was and getting upset that it was insufficient and the fight broke out. How do you not know who I am? How do you not know? Which basically ended with him being choked by a bouncer. Guys only had two fights and he's got into this much trouble already. Lord help us with the next 10 years. Number eight, Colby Covington. 
Of course, with chaos comes controversy, and yeah, Colby has fully embraced that because, as we all know, chaos is a ladder. Yeah, and one that Colby started climbing back in 2017 when after beating Brazilian legend Damian Meyer, he stood square in the middle of the octagon and called the whole country a dump and its people filthy animals. Brazil, you're a dump! All you filthy animals suck! That was pretty much the most anyone had insulted Brazil since Chael Sonnen, and it was around this time that Colby started to work his angle, as he called it, being the supervillain of the UFC. He was just trash-talking, sure, but some of it went pretty far. After beating Robbie Lawler, he told media, Hey, let's talk about the lesson we learned tonight. It's a strong lesson that Robbie should have learned from his good buddy, Matt Hughes. You stay off the tracks when the train's coming through, Junior! This was in reference to the near-fatal accident that Matt had had in 2017 when his truck was hit by a train at a rail crossing, and if you think that's fucked up, well, that's exactly the response he's looking for. In the build-up to the first Usman fight, he told him, I know you gave Glenn a heart attack for all those years you were you were ducking me so don't worry, he'll be watching from hell on December 14th. Glenn was the founder of the Black Zillions gym and did in fact die of a heart attack in 2018. You can see why these comments upset a few people. I think Colby maybe though doesn't care what people think of his opinions. I mean, that was certainly evident during the press conference with Tyron Woodley. The Black Lives Matter is, is a complete sham. It's a joke. He's standing up for lifelong criminals. He's literally built a career out of being controversial. Whether that's posting movie spoilers, claiming to have sexual relations with other UFC fighters or dodging boots. Boomerangs. Number seven, Sean Strickland. MMA's new media darling, and you would think it would be for all the wrong reasons, but there is certainly a sizable portion of the fan base that has taken a liking to Strickland. He's as brutally honest in being himself as you can pretty much get, which has definitely endured him to a lot of the fans. But if you want to look at what he's actually said, then yeah, he's been pretty controversial. I mean, for starters, he spoke openly post-fight after his battle with Uriah Hall when he said, Oh man, now if I kill someone in the ring, I'd fucking make me very happy. But this is a sport, can we not forget that? On the MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani, he talked about how MMA had helped him deal with his past trauma, how training and fighting basically helps him juggle the demons in his life. I always say like the difference though between like me and a lot of people, it's like you can watch Dexter, you can watch Punisher, and you can watch movies and you can think about killing, but I was on a path to where I was going to act it out. That's why I think my mom took me to train. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty controversial topic. And the way he says it, a lot of people have these thoughts. He's just okay to say them out loud. He also talked to Ariel about the awfully dark place he found himself in in school. I actually went through like this weird, like neo-Nazi white supremacist stage when I was younger. I was so angry and I had a lot of fucked up influences in my life. It felt so good to fucking hate something. At least it's an acknowledgement of his own demons and trauma. But that being said, he certainly said enough things, including comments about what he'd do to fellow fighters in prison that would perhaps get him cancelled on almost any other platform, and it seems almost every media interview he has these days, he just says something new. Number 6. Stefan Bonner most people will know Stefan for his heroic part in the fight that saved the UFC after he battled Forrest Griffin at the Ultimate Fighter Season 1 finale. His career after that was a little up and down in the UFC. He did some commentary work on the side as well, lots of normal stuff, but he is the American psycho after all, and he's had his fair share of Patrick Bateman moments. I suppose it's also worth mentioning that he did test positive for steroids after his fight with Anderson Silva. That's always a controversial note, but he did a lot more other shit as well. There was that time in 2018 where he was driving his Cadillac all over the highway, was boxed in by truckers in a convoy who then had to literally tie his arms to his vehicle until the police arrived. During the pandemic, he also had a lot of problems wearing masks. He also seemed to be quite bored because he basically started streaming everything on his Instagram. A video started circulating within the MMA community of him getting kicked out of his gym for not wearing a mask. Masks don't do anything. Wake up, you sheep. A few months later, he was at Henderson Hospital trying to get treated for a broken vertebrae and had a shouting match with the staff and himself. They won't treat me because I get prescribed oxycodone 10 milligrams. It then continued 
queued out in the parking lot with police who arrived for the situation. No, I never went to a hospital. Somehow he also got involved in the whole Josh Fabia thing with Diego Sanchez, but I don't know if that really is that surprising. But Dana himself said it bums him out seeing Bonner's recent behavior. Seems like the guy might need some actual help. Like aside from everything else, he has back problems, shoulder injuries, arthritic knees, and at least according to him, no one will treat him. How about that retired fire health insurance plan, eh? Number five, Mike Perry. Not many fighters get their own controversies category on their Wikipedia page, but you can be damn sure Mike Perry's got one. The impassioned, ruthless nature with which he fights almost mirrors his personality, which is honest, open, and some might say reckless. As a fighter, though, none of Perry's controversies have come inside of the cage, well, apart from when he took down Cowboy and landed right in that armbar, but outside of it. And, well, let's face it, some of them are probably Florida Man articles. In 2016, there was that time he KO'd some guy in a street fight. And I would look at one, I would look at the other, and then I threw the left hook and dropped this man. He's also been called out for his use of several slurs. Then in July 2020, he got into another fight in a restaurant in Texas. Apparently, he'd knocked someone out. Then when he was being asked to leave, he wanted to stay if the cops were coming. But another older gentleman got involved, it got physical, and Mike just KO'd that guy as well. Not great behavior from a UFC athlete. And there were more slurs yelled at the end of that footage as well. Then there were allegations about domestic violence from his ex-wife. They were denied by Perry with no charges. Brawls with other fighters outside of the cage weird Instagram posts. It's been going on since we first met Mike, and it seems to continue even now outside of the UFC. He has apologized for pretty much all of his past behavior, and has been trying to set an example to his son, who he wishes not to behave like him. I mean, he's certainly not been able to stay out of trouble so far. Number four, Charles Bennett, aka Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse Bennett is somewhat of an MMA icon, not because he won a major championship or went on some undefeated streak, no, basically just for being, well, crazy, really. He started his pro career in 1999, and across the next 10 years, he was arrested 14 different times. Yeah, they included selling cocaine, burglary, aggravated assault, possession of MDMA, and more. He was arrested so many times, in fact, that a fan even made a compilation video of all of his mugshots on YouTube. He was also arrested twice before starting MMA when he was just 17 years old, so not exactly your standard pro athlete background, more like the plot from Get Rich or Die Trying. As his career was just getting off the ground, in August 2000 came the arrest for possession and sale of of cocaine. In 2007, he was arrested for assault and false imprisonment. Of course, famously, he was also involved in the backstage brawl at the Pride 2005 Shockwave show, where he was triangle-choked unconscious by Cristiano Marcelo before jumping up minutes later and KOing Vandy on his way out the door. Also in 2011, he had an altercation with a teammate down in New Mexico. After being knocked down, he dressed, left the gym, but came back 15 minutes later with a heavy piece of steel and attacked the guy from behind. He was charged with aggravated battery less controversial, more illegal, really, with Crazy Horse. Number three, Conor McGregor. Where to even start with McGregor? I mean, he was an Irish prodigal son who carried a nation to two UFC titles at the same time and basically became somewhat of a god in the process. His rise was a little controversial in the manner in which he delivered his targeted trash talk. Who the fuck is that guy? At the same time, it seemed a little intense, but compared to these days, shit, you're having a laugh, aren't you? Tomorrow night, I'm gonna make this man pay with his life. You're dead in that octagon tomorrow night! But ever since he picked up his second title, well, things have definitely taken a darker turn. I don't think there's enough space in this entry to touch on everything, but the first red flag was in 2017, after his teammate Charlie Ward won at Bellator 187, and Connor thought it would be okay to jump into the cage and celebrate the win. Yeah, you can't do that. And what's worse is he ended up getting into an altercation with ref Mark Goddard, who was trying to properly end the contest and get the medical staff in. Connor gave a cheeky push to the KO'd opponent as he got up and slapped a commissioner in the face. Then, of course, there was 
the bus attack, which is just fucking crazy, showing up with the lads to attack another team, but instead of a bus, I guess, oh wait, the entire UFC roster for 223 is on here, my bad, I guess. Dana called that incident the most disgusting thing in UFC history. He turned himself in after fleeing and faced three counts of assault, criminal mischief, and menacing and reckless endangerment. Since then, he's also faced sexual assault allegations, was arrested in Florida for taking a fan's phone and smashing it on the ground, punched an old man in a pub in Ireland for not drinking his whiskey, which he only got fined a thousand euros for, by the way. Yeah, he can't definitely afford to do that again. His trash talk with Habib drew some criticism as he brought his wife and religion into it, calling him You're mad backwards, cunt! As well as the controversy from the brawl after the fight. He was also arrested in Corsica for suspicion of sexual assault and indecent exposure, tried to fight Machine Gun Kelly at the MTV Awards, and also punched that Italian DJ at his own party. And honestly, I certainly expect more to come from Connor over the years as well. We've all seen the nicer side of him, but he cannot for the life of him seem to stay out of trouble. Number 2. John Jones I don't know if it's a coincidence the youngest champion in UFC history has had a problem controlling himself when it comes to drinking, driving, and partying, or that he literally found fame and fortune when he perhaps wasn't ready for it. Either way, there's not many excuses you could make for some of the things John has done over the years, and just when you thought he'd turned over a new leaf, well, he just kind of kept doing even more crazy shit. He was first arrested for a DUI in 2012 after crashing his Bentley into a pole in New York, but most fans didn't think much of it. Daniel Cormier was one of the first guys to call him out for his good guy persona. Just, he's just like, he's just not a genuine person like in in, in in any uh facet of life actually but after john decided to start brawling with him at their pre-fight press conference i think most people started to see the cracks beginning to show a year later and he was involved in a hit and run in new mexico he ran a red light and crashed his car into a pregnant woman's and then he fled the scene but came back to grab his cash and god knows what else this became a felony because he left the scene the ufc stripped him of his title and suspended him indefinitely for violating the athlete code of conduct he apologized and said he had to do a lot of soul searching this was in 2015. Yeah, he wasn't kidding. He'd also tested positive for cocaine, had his testosterone ratios called into question several times, as well as having his title stripped again after he tested positive for banned substances. Then he came back after a year and a half, beat Cormier in the rematch, and tested positive again. His PED controversies continued with the picogram measurements in his system. Uh, next question, please. Thank you. And entire events being moved to a different state just so he could compete. More recently, in 2021, police were called to his hotel room in Vegas to respond to a domestic incident with his fiance. He went to Clark County Jail, where he was charged with domestic battery and tampering with a police vehicle. This even led to him being barred from his gym. So at the moment, he's out of the gym, ignoring it and uh, expecting different results, as they say, is insanity. Trouble has followed John for the last 10 years. After his recent arrest, he vowed to give up drinking. Let's just hope he figures it out. Number one, Jason Miller. Chaos, the American psycho, now mayhem. These nicknames are pretty much accurate at this point. Jason Miller was a fan favorite in MMA mainly because of his personality, freedom of expression, and willingness to embrace the silly and ridiculous for the benefit of our entertainment. We're sitting on a rock spinning around in space, and we're talking monkeys! Look at my opposable thumbs! Not that he wasn't a good fighter, he certainly was, but Mayhem always rode the line of controversy almost purposefully because he knew it was just good for his career. There was certainly a point where the lines got blurred, however, and we all got a bit concerned, and since 2011, he's been arrested 17 times. His first first big controversy was the infamous Strikeforce Nashville brawl with the Diaz brothers live on national TV in 2010. This saw him get suspended by the Athletic Commission. After he finally made his way back to the UFC and was finally taking retirement, Dana fined him anyway because of his backstage antics and clownish wardrobe choices. He was trying to wear a gas mask, basically. In 2011, he was arrested and charged with assault and false imprisonment by his sister, and then he had his famous appearance on the MMA Hour, and for me, this is the moment you could tell things were starting to fall apart. He was playing a character in the Kevin James 
MMA movie Here Comes the Boom, but it was a small part with barely any actual talking, but he came onto the show in character as Lucky Patrick. Then, in one of the most bizarre MMA interviews ever, everything went from a joke to serious and he stormed off the set. Fucking stupid. Yo, okay. you know what? You guys fucking... Have a fucking stupid internet radio show in your mom's basement. Two months later, and he was arrested again after breaking into a church in California, destroying several pictures, CDs, tearing up some of the church's books, setting off a fire extinguisher, and spending the night there naked on the sofa. The pastor dismissed the charges, though. He was arrested twice in 2013 for domestic battery within two weeks of each other, then for domestic violence in 2014 after a five-hour-long standoff with a SWAT team outside his home in Orange County. He live-tweeted the whole thing. After that, the list goes on, sadly, including burglary, grand theft auto, more domestic violence charges, and resisting arrest. He is currently incarcerated. He certainly started out as a lovable guy that attracted controversy, but clearly it has spun far beyond that, and I hope he gets the help he needs. Just wanted to say a big thank you to Crypto.com for joining the team as an official partner. We're incredibly stoked for the world's fastest growing crypto app to be helping us create the content we love and guide us through the expanding world of cryptocurrencies. If you fancy joining us, you can use the link crypto.com slash app slash MMA on point for a $25 CRO deposit upon sign up and after reserving a metal visa card, start trading and withdraw. This will allow you to buy and sell crypto at true cost and trade with confidence on the world's fastest and most secure crypto exchange. A big shout out to Luke Taylor for editing this video. You can find him and some of his amazing artwork on Twitter at cool2me underscore. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you very much for watching everyone today. Please go ahead and like and subscribe if you did enjoy the content. We upload at least three videos every week for your viewing pleasure. Go ahead and leave a comment below if you want to join in the discussion and follow us on Twitter at MMA on Point and myself at Balian underscore plays. You can now jump in and join the community discord as well if you want to continue the discussion further and I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I'll see you in the next one.